0: Thanks, Josh, and Carrie, and Blake. It's a pretty great way to start off a a service is just singing a few songs about the goodness of our God, isn't it? It's actually uh, about really what I'm talking about tonight, too, so it's perfect. (laughs) All right, guys, let me go ahead and start off by praying tonight. Father God, we just um, come before you tonight, and I... uh, Oh Lord, I just pray for your spirit to move tonight. I Just pray that I get out of the way. Pray that you just remove any distractions that I may have, any uh, in anything that's going on in, in my in my life right now. Now you just focus on uh, on who you are for tonight, Father. I pray that for all of us. I pray that we just open up our hearts to what you have to say to us. And I just pray we get a glimpse of your goodness. I just pray we just get a glimpse of who you are and what that means for us as your followers. And I just uh, I pray that we worship you for that tonight, and we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, guys. Um, I was 13, so 16 years ago. I was 13, and I, I, there was a church camp that I conveniently found myself at um, that summer up here in the beautiful Black Hills. I grew up about three hours south of here in Scotts Bluff, so we'd come up every year to the Black Hills, because it's just like, I'm pretty sure God created this place for church camps, because there's like a million of them, if you guys haven't looked around, there's tons of them, and, and I found myself at a church camp, um, you know, I was having a great time, I was meeting new friends, I was learning about this Jesus guy that before this time I knew pr- pretty little about, I didn't know a whole lot, um, one night towards the end of the week, I heard a sermon much like the sermon Dave preached last week. It's funny when you're sitting there pre- uh, preaching that sermon, if you guys were here, it just made me think of that sermon that night. It was, it's kind of f- funny how that works. Except this one was being preached by a man named Bob Cole. If you guys know Bob, that's who was preaching that night. So pretty, it's just kind of funny how the world works and uh, where we're at now. But in this message, I still remember hearing about God's grace, which was our unearned favor, from God. Dave talked about that last week. I remember hearing that this love, um, that this love and this grace wasn't something that we deserved, but rather um, we deserved the opposite, um, death, because we're all sinners. Uh, But but through Jesus's death and resurrection, we could now stand before a holy God because we had a new identity in Jesus himself. Now, I probably didn't understand all this. Actually, I I know I didn't, right? I, I, I didn't understand it all, but I did realize something that day. That it's not about being better. It's about being new. Being new was the only thing that could save me. And the only way I could become new was through the grace of God himself, through Jesus Christ. So I walked outside that night after hearing Bob Cole preach. I walked under the stars um, that just filled the sky above me. I I remember this moment like it was yesterday. I I went to this cliffside, and I looked out across the expanse of God's kingdom, and I simply surrendered. I just surrendered. I laid my life down before God. I put my faith in Him as my Lord and Savior. I remember some of my youth group friends coming up and finding me and standing next to me, and I I told them that I was giving my life to Christ, and there were hugs and cheers, and I I was just so full of joy, and, and I was happy, and I was happy because I finally felt free. The thing that was missing in my life, I found it. And I ended up getting baptized in Lake Pactola the next day in front of the whole camp, church camp. Um, I was ready to take on the whole world. Uh, the day after that, we loaded up our vans and we made our trip back to Western Nebraska. And even though I was excited about my commitment to Jesus and even more excited for what I learned that he did for me on the cross and what that meant for me, I couldn't help but ask myself the question, now what? Anybody ever asked that question? Now what, God? Here I am, you know, back in the real world where a lot of things in my life at that point in time were kind of falling apart for me. But I remember feeling a peace about it, a peace that I didn't know before, I didn't really understand, you know, but I, I, I didn't really understand what I was supposed to do next with my life, but I knew that I had the creator of the universe as my daddy and that everything was going to be okay. But I still had the question, now what? I really believe that this is a very common question for all who come to Christ. I think we even see it, you know, in the disciples to some extent. They, they just didn't really know what to do next, right? And I think we find ourselves in that, that spot a lot. But we, um, we come to know Jesus as Lord, and we are so full of zeal and passion that we're ready to go, but then life smacks us in the face again, and we really don't know what to do next. Do I just study my Bible more now? Is, is that what it means? to be a Christian? Uh, Do I just go to church all the time? (laughs) Do do I just hope that God blesses me enough to get me through the day today and tomorrow and the next day? I didn't really know back then. And most, if not all, people who come to Christ don't fully know either because we haven't really walked through it yet. You know, as a pastor, I feel like I spend a majority of my time helping people wrestle through the answer to this question, now what? What? And I really do believe that when we get into God's word and when we live in the spirit, we will learn that God didn't just stop infiltrating our lives at the cross. He's constantly at work in our lives, even when we don't have that feeling that we might have had during the church camps or the mountaintop experiences or that real big spiritual high you had that one time. God just doesn't stop working in our lives right there. It's not like, oh, here's my grace, I'm done. And, and, And then he's just distant. We have a God that bestowed his amazing grace upon us through his son, Jesus. Yes, it is through that grace that we don't just become better, we become new. But his grace doesn't just stop there. His grace goes so far beyond that, and it expands through every space of our lives here on earth, and so far beyond. This kind of grace, this now what kind of grace, is what we like to call common grace. Okay, and this is what I want to talk to you guys about tonight, together as a group. Now, when I say common grace, I don't mean it's common, as, as in everyone gives out this kind of grace. You know, it's, it's, it's not that kind. In fact, it's quite the opposite. This is a kind of grace that only God can give out, and it was made possible through, through his son, Jesus. So really, it's uncommon common grace doesn't make sense, but it'll make sense here in a minute, I think. But what I do mean when I say common grace is how God extends his grace out into our lives in the most common of areas. Okay, it means that God isn't some distant God uh, that doesn't interact with us, but rather his spirit and his grace reach out into our lives in all sorts of ways and that all good things that we can experience in life truly come from God himself. Nothing more, nothing less. God's grace, his unmerited favor for those who deserved condemnation, that's us as sinners, gives us salvation, but his common grace extends to us to answer the question, now what? What about right here? What about right now? So what I want to do tonight is to talk about the different ways that I believe common grace is a part of our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. My prayer is that we might be surprised in all the ways that God's goodness is so abundant for his children, and, and through that, that he is glorified. I think some of these, if we take the time to look at it, they're pretty obvious. But I don't know if we take the time to step back and really say, Wow, God, you really were working in my life through that way, or in that period, or in that time. So that's what I want to talk about. So the first, I think the first way that Uh, I mean, this is no no particular order, but one of the first ways that God really works in our lives through his common grace is through spiritual gifts. Okay? A part of asking now what is trying to figure out how we are supposed to live and to serve once we are Christians, right? God promises us his Holy Spirit, which is such a huge part of everything we're going to talk about tonight. But one of the ways God helps us answer this question through his Spirit is by lavishing upon us spiritual gifts. If you guys have your Bibles, open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I've got the text on the screen as well, but we're going to be reading in 4 through 11 here. It says this, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Okay? It's one Spirit distributing all these. You're going to hear that a few times here. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given... Through the Spirit, a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by, me, by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So God gives us all sorts of spiritual gifts that are unified through the Spirit and are distributed by the Spirit as God determines. Okay, now this can look like a lot of different things, as we just read. It's kind of a mouthful. It can look like a lot of different things to a lot of different people during a lot of different times. Okay, I don't know if any of you have ever done kind of like one of the spiritual gifts, evaluations, just to kind of see where you're wired. I I think they're very useful. Sometimes we don't realize how how we're gifted or what we're passionate about, how how God's wired us. But but I fully believe that God distributes gifts to people in that way that He wires us, right? These are kind of lifelong gifts that match our personalities and passions, and kind of the kind of holy discontents, discontents that God puts on our hearts. Because I I fully believe He believe He gives us those. So for me, I feel like God has gifted me with wisdom leadership and through, uh, the passion to to preach and to pastor, to be a pastor. Now, that isn't me bragging. Yeah, I just believe that through God's common grace, he has lavished these gifts upon me, and, and I give him full credit for it. And this isn't my gospel I'm preaching up here. This is God's, okay? It, it, it's all him, not me. Sometimes I wonder, actually, if the only reason God called me to be a preacher and a pastor is that when people see me up there, they say, well, if that guy can do it. <laughs> So can I, (laughs) you know, uh, but God does give us his common grace. And as in uh, verse seven puts it, to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. I think that is through, through spiritual gifts. It's definitely a way that God's common grace is working in our lives. Does that make sense? Ephesians chapter four, 10 through 12 Says this: He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. I think God is working through all of us in different ways to build up his body, uh, the body of his church, so that he will be glorified. Through this, people will come to know him as Lord and Savior, and he does it in the most humble of ways through us. It's pretty amazing. So now what? God's grace gives us spiritual gifts. We could spend a lot more time on this, um, a lot more time on this, really digging into all the ways God gives us different gifts for specific reasons, and looking at how you are all gifted, but that's We'll just have to wait for another time. Uh, just know that one of the ways God continues to work in our lives is how he gifts us through the Holy Spirit. Okay? Sometimes it's gifts in the moment for specific reasons. Other times it's just in the way he wires us as individuals and the passions he p- puts on our hearts. Okay. Um, the second uh, way I, that I want to look at that God just lavishes his common grace upon us is his grace during times of trials. Okay, trials are something we can all understand and relate to. No? Yes? Yeah. We've all been through some hard times in our life. Uh, sometimes it's because of something we have done. Other times it's because of something that others have done to us. And other times it's just because of life and the things that no one can control. You know, I, I've been to funerals of children. I've been to funerals of 108-year-olds. I've been by the side of a father who was walking through his younger daughter, uh, um, uh, through his young daughter having cancer. I've said goodbye to friends and family that I'll never get to talk to again on this earth. Uh, I, I have hurt people. I have been hurt by people. I have seen people that I love make mistakes that ruin their lives. I have seen and experienced longings of the heart that just never seem to come true. And for what seems to be no reason at that. These are just all trials that life throws our way. We could talk about these forever, right? And, and we've all experienced them. But I really believe that God's grace can be felt the most through these times. I, and I believe that common grace is what helps us get through these situations because of the hope that it gives us. First of all, God understands our pains. Okay? He lived here on earth with us through his son Jesus in the flesh, and he experienced all of it. One of my favorite passages of scripture uh, is, is Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16. It says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It's an incredible promise. We have a God who understands our pains because he experienced them too. But he promises us that we can approach his throne of grace to receive his mercy and that very grace to help us during our times of trials. First Peter chapter one, six through nine says this in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We can greatly rejoice in that even though, we are do, even though we are going through pain and trials, we know that when we rely on God through those times, our faith will grow, and that is more valuable than anything. And we know that when we rely on that faith, that we will be filled with inexpressible joy, a joy that does not make sense. In the midst of trials, guys, I understand. It stinks. But I have no idea how people walk through these kinds of things without the promises that Jesus offers us. I, I don't get it. I, I see some of the pain and heartache in this world, and I just I do not understand how people do it without Christ and without his grace. I just can't fathom walking through the pains of life without, without knowing that our God has overcome all of it. I can't imagine enduring the torture of our trials without putting our faith in something so much greater than what we see before ourselves. Because there, in those spots, there there is no hope outside of Jesus. There is no reasonable explanation for it. There's no logic that we can use to help us get through it. The only thing that matters is the hope that we have in Christ himself. And I think his common grace just pours onto us during those times for us to feel that and remember that and experience that over and over again. When Jesus was about to leave this earth, he spent time consoling and encouraging his disciples. He knew the road that they were about to walk on. He warned them of the trials that were to come. He knew it would be difficult to endure these on their own. And so he warned them and he left them with a glorious promise that we can all hold on to today because it's just as true for us. That's from John 16, verse 33. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus knew that we would need help finding peace in our times of trouble. And because of his common grace that has lavished on us during these times in, of the trials, we can have that very peace. Amen. Next area I think we see God's common grace working in our lives is grace during times of transition. And I decided to talk about this for a little bit because just of where we're at as a church right now, um, this somewhat piggybacks on my last point a little bit about common grace through trials, but I think it's worth just looking at separately for a moment, if, if anything, but just to look at how God is working in it through us right now. Okay, If you take a look at the trial we as a church and as a family have gone through recently with losing our senior pastor, Steve, I can't help but look at the whole situation and praise God for his common grace that is felt everywhere. God has blessed this church to walk through this time with an incredible group of elders with a, a team of preachers that are willing to step up, step forward and challenge us with the word week in and week out. And he's blessed us with, he blessed us with a man like Steve who prepared us to walk through such a time. You know, I have both physically and spiritually felt God's grace through this season. I can't really explain it when I say physically. I just have. I've just felt it. I felt both physically and spiritually God's grace through the season and it's been an incredible thing to be a part of. It's been hard sometimes. It'll continue to be. Okay, I believe that the one thing that has been done during this time more than anything else, though, is that God has been glorified, and that should always be our goal. I I just look at this. I just take a step back and just look at this. What's just what's gone down this last year and a half or so, going on two years, and I just see God being glorified. But none of that would have been possible if it wasn't for God's grace that just wiggled its way even into the tightest cracks of our hearts and in our church during this time of transition. And I know his grace isn't done doing its work among us either. I'm excited to walk through this next chapter as we're, you know, looking to hire a new senior pastor. And I think that why I'm so excited is because no matter what, God's going to be glorified through it. And that should make all of us excited. We should be pumped up about it. Okay, but let's make sure we praise and glorify God for sustaining us and helping us endure during this time of transition through his grace. Next area I want to talk about is um, God's grace during times of blessing. I also believe that God's grace is evident in our times during times of blessing. That might seem a little bit more obvious, but I think it's worth taking a look at. You know, I actually think that blessings— can also bring trials in our lives, what we view as blessings at least. You know, when we think of blessings, sometimes we think of like uh, maybe financial gain. It's like I was blessed financially this past year. But has anybody ever heard of someone whose life was ruined by money? Exactly. You know, for my younger audience, I worked with teenagers a lot, and, you know, many are concerned with uh, popularity. Maybe you guys remember those days. And they wish they could, God would just bless them with being popular. Some don't care about it, others do. But do you know what kind of trials come with being popular? Tons of them. You guys get what I'm saying? Like sometimes blessings do have trials that come along with them. And I think God's grace is evident through those times just as much. I think we need to first be careful on how we define blessings and how we treat them. You know, there are plenty of blessings that God just, puts on us uh, and on his people through his common grace. Romans chapter 8, 26 through 28 says, it says this, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes us through wordless groans. And he, he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we, who, uh, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I believe through what scripture teaches us that God is working in our lives through his spirit and his grace to bring good in our lives. I truly believe that. That God does desire that for his people. Okay, that good, but that good looks differently than we picture it most of the time, doesn't it? A lot of times like our idea of what would be good for us is not what God has in store. But God is good, his plans are good, and therefore what he plans and works out in our lives through his spirit are an act of common grace in our lives because all good things come from God. A part of blessings, no matter what form they come in, is that God oftentimes gives them to us to be a blessing to others as well. One of the amazing ways that God's common grace works is through his people, through his church. He gives, us so, he gives us much so that we can give much, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6 through 11 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so then all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous on every occasion and through us uh, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Isn't it amazing that how we get to be a part of God's work of grace in people's lives? It, to me, it's one of the true blessings of grace that we as his people get to be a part of it and enjoy. He blesses us so that we can bless others. That's just an incredible promise to me. I, it's, just, I, 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 it's amazing how God's grace works through, through ways that we don't even realize sometimes. The last area I want to just look at for a second is how God's grace, um, God's grace through providing us what we need when we need it. didn't have a fancy way of saying that, so I just wrote it out. It's God's provision for us in the timing of that provision. For me, when I look back on my life, this is, this is where I really see God's common grace at work. Okay, coming from an unchurched home, I, I was really intimidated to accept my calling as a pastor. You know, I, I worked through that. Um, but one thing that I lacked was people who could pour into my life and help me grow and support me in this kind of journey. I just didn't have that in my life. I, I love my parents, and they've supported my decision to go down this path, which, which that was a blessing in itself, but, but neither had the experience to help me walk down this path. They, they, they just didn't. But from the very beginning, God knew that this was something that I needed in my life. And so he always provided it for me. You know, I had a, I had a family who took me under their wing in high school and taught me a ton about ministry in the church. Uh, the dad was a children's pastor and the oldest son became my best friend. You know, To this day, this family is a, a huge encouragement to me. And they played a vital role in my li- life of helping m- me build a solid foundation to my ministry. And my, my best friend is also a pastor. And he's just a huge encouragement to me in my life. And I'm so grateful for that. And it's just one way. I look at that whole situation I'm like, boom. That was God's grace. That was God's grace alive in my life. But now what? Boom. God's grace. Not only that, but God has always put mentors in my life. Wherever I have gone, I, you know, to continue to give me support and encouragement, the, the place I see this the most is, is with my wife and her family. You know, my, my father in law was a pastor for a lot of years. His, his two brothers are pastors, and I, I feel like I have a family with them that's supportive, that can relate to me and where I'm at, because they've walked through it all too, and, and that I can lean on and that prays for me. And not only that, but it's one that I feel like I can even encourage them on. You know, I, I've, got a, I've got a wife that loves the heck out of me and supports me, and she understands ministry. And I I have no idea how I could have gone on this journey without those blessings in my life. No idea. Actually, I don't think I could have. And God knew that. so he blessed me through his common grace beyond anything that I could have imagined, and he continues to bless me by giving me exactly what I need when I need it. There is no other explanation for it but God's grace being evident in my life. You know, we see this in the Apostle Paul, too. During his ministry, he went through a lot of ups and downs, and, and we see his full reliance on God to be his support and strength. But the but the Church of Philippi got to be a part of that as well. In Philippians chapter 4, 12-14, it's one of the more misquoted ver- verses in Scripture, but let me read it. It says, I, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good for you to share in my troubles. You know, he went on to say, you know, thank you for the financial support that they give him, just another form of blessing in his life. But at the end of the day, no matter what the circumstances were, God always gave Paul what he needed. And he always gives us what we need because no matter what goes on, it does not matter the circumstances that we are going through, the trials, the blessings, no matter what, we have the promise and hope of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior for eternity. He has conquered death. He has conquered those trials. We have victory. The victory is already in hand through Christ. No matter what happens, that will always remain the same. And this to me, it's like gravity. It's always there, and it's always pulling us in, and that's why we called this series uh, The Gravity of Grace, because grace, like gravity, is what defines us. It sustains us. It keeps us secure. The constant and continual presence of God's goodness in our lives is so often unnoticed, but it is what allows us to breathe, eat, experience joy, and move through the brokenness of this world. All that is good is grace. It's a little tagline on your sheet there. Common grace allows us to experience this in the most common parts of our lives, many of which we talked about tonight. God gives us all that we need. Where we get in trouble is when we look elsewhere to find fulfillment. We say, you know what, God, I don't know if you're enough. And we start relying on ourselves, we start relying on things of the world, we start relying on our flesh. We start lifting those things up instead of God up. That's where the struggle comes in. So here's my challenge to you today. I want to challenge you to open your eyes to the gravity of grace that's all around you. Look to find the blessings of his grace all through your lives. My entire life is a testament to his goodness and grace. None of it makes any sense without that. I'm a blessed man, and it's not because of me. I'm not good without Christ. I'm not worthy without Christ. I don't deserve any of it, but that's grace. And I guarantee that's the case for all of us in this room tonight as well. If we're looking, if we're willing to just look for it in our lives and give credit and glory to where credit and glory are due. Isn't it just incredible that we have such a good God? A God that blesses us through spiritual gifts, gifts, through times of trials, through times of blessings, through times of transitions, and through giving us exactly what we need when we need it. Glory be to him forever and ever. Amen? We're blessed. We are blessed. I want to ask the worship band to go ahead and come up. You know, if you're here... And you don't know about this blessing that I'm talking about tonight. I, this loving God who sent his son, Jesus, to die for you on a cross. I implore you to come and ask about, ask about him some more. And you know, we're hopeless without him. But, but in and through him, we have all of the hope that we will ever need for all of eternity. And like gravity, it's always there, even if we aren't paying attention to it. You know, you don't have to think about gravity. It's just there, right? Just like grace. Grace but I'm asking you to think about it for a little bit. So pay attention to it tonight. Open your heart to what God is trying to tell you. And, and come talk to one of us here. We'd love to sit down and talk to you more about Jesus and, and his love and grace for you. And for those that do know Jesus as Savior, I'm just asking you to open up, let's open up our eyes to the gravity of his grace that's just poured out into us in all ways ima- imaginable. Let's open our, our eyes to the way he is answering our question, now What? May that draw us closer to him. May that lead us to relying on him more. May that call us to live a life of love in his spirit and be a part of his mission on earth. The more we seek God, the more we learn about him, and the more he infiltrates us completely, the more he shows shows us how common his uncommon grace really is in our lives. So let's worship him for that tonight, for just the amazing God that he is. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you tonight. And say, you are worthy of every ounce of praise that we can give. You're a good God. And your grace is everywhere. And even though we don't maybe thank you for that or praise you for that enough, may we do that right now in this moment. May we walk forward just with open eyes to see how your grace is alive and working within us. Father, we thank you for not just being some distant God who said, well, I sent my son Jesus for you. You guys are good. But you understand this world we live in. You understand what we walk through. And you desire a relationship with us. So Father, we thank you for your grace that makes that possible. We give you all of the honor. We give you all of the glory. We give you all of the praise. And so much more. Praise these things in Christ's name. Amen.